Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. As the new school year is quickly approaching, educators are busy preparing the material that they will be teaching all year and designing the tests and assignments for their students. So this is the perfect episode to listen to, because in this episode, we are discussing a new and innovative form of testing, one that is student-generated, collaborative, and was even found to reduce test anxiety. As an added bonus, it also takes less time to create and mark, which leaves more time for the really important work of educators helping their students learn. This new and innovative testing methodology was developed by Professor Melanie Adrian, and together with doctoral candidate Emily Jean Galland, they studied the impact of this form of testing. Professor Melanie Adrian is an associate professor in the Department of Law and Legal Studies at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. She has been appointed to the Order of Ontario, the province's highest honour, for establishing Carleton University as a global leader in protecting vulnerable scholars and also co-founding the not-for-profit Be the Choice that helps cancer patients navigate their treatment options. In addition to her academic work, Professor Adrian is also a pioneer and innovator in her pedagogical approach. In 2019, she was appointed to Carleton University's inaugural Chair in Teaching Innovation. This prestigious position is awarded to educators who have demonstrated teaching excellence and innovation across their academic careers. It provides a professor with funding to develop a scholarly project to advance teaching excellence, with a particular emphasis on strategies to foster student success. Throughout her career, Professor Adrian has been recognized as an excellent teacher. At Harvard University, she was awarded five distinctions in teaching, and at Carleton University, she received several teaching awards from the Faculty of Public Affairs and several at the university level. In 2021, she was named one of Ontario's most outstanding university teachers by the Ontario Confederation of University Faculty Associations, She received the prestigious Teaching Award for her outstanding contributions to the quality of higher education at Ontario's universities. Emily Jean Gallant is a doctoral candidate in legal studies at Carleton University. She recently presented research on engaged testing with university students at the Society for Teaching and Learning in Higher Education. She has extensive experience in working as a research and editorial assistant across multiple disciplines. Emily Jean's background is in philosophy and anthropology, and her master's thesis is on Martin Heidegger's conception of time. Her current research is focused on the impact 20th century's continental philosophy has on critical legal studies. I'm so happy to have both Melanie and Emily Jean here on the podcast to discuss this innovative form of testing, and also they will be sharing tips on how this form of testing can be implemented in secondary and higher education classrooms. So thank you very much to both of you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Kinga. This is wonderful to be here. Thank you. 
I'm very happy to be talking to you. And especially in this time of the year where September is quickly approaching and a lot of teachers and professors out there, educators, are planning their year and looking at new ways and new tools to incorporate. And this is a phenomenal new testing strategy that you developed and, and researched. And so I, I'm looking forward to jumping into finding out what exactly it looks like. Melanie, you're the one who designed this and developed it at Carleton University. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to even look at a new way of testing. In short, I worry about the quality of education at the, in the university sector, and that's where I teach, that's where I am. I am really worried that we have uh, you know, more students in the classes and less teaching resources at our disposal to teach the critical and analytical skills, the writing, et cetera, that we are mandated to teach. That's our mission at the university. If more bodies in the classroom, it just demands more time, of course. So I really wanted to develop a way that would, on one hand, engage students in a type of testing that uh, would, you know, result in better learning and better mm -hmm. retention of ideas, but also decrease the amount of resources that we spend on that uh, evaluation of the testing. And so I really wanted to make sure that, you know, especially in those third year classes, those, those 65 plus classes that we have at the third year in the Department of Law and Legal Studies at Carleton, that we gave an opportunity to students to have one-on-ones with the teaching staff, the instructors and the teaching assistants. And I wanted to ensure that you know, in those kind of collaborative moments where students are getting feedback, that we preserve that or that we integrate that into those classes. And the only way to do that is really resource redistribution, frankly. Mm. And so, you know, if I have a, a teaching assistant, for example, who has, you know, a limited number of hours, who would uh, support that course, my question as an instructor is, how do I allocate those resources? And for my type of pedagogy and my vision of what the university can and should be doing, I would like each student in that class to have the opportunity to have a, an engaging one-on-one -on -one or small group experience with the teaching staff. That's where this all started. And then in those, in that time when I was thinking about that, I had the opportunity to hear Eric Mazur, professor um, of physics at Harvard University speak. And that's where the idea was born. So I thought, if he can do it in physics, surely I can do it in law. So that's, that's where it was born. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, it addresses so many important aspects because as you know, as you said, anxiety, test anxiety is, is, is a big issue and is debated widely on how to address it. Collaboration, educators in high school and universities and colleges are really trying to help students become collaborative. And as you said, teaching resources, it's something that isn't often addressed when, when you're thinking about teaching methodologies, but it's so important because there's so much work that has to be done for educators. And the more time you can actually devote to spending with students on activities that matter, on interacting with the students, the better. So if you can take time away from 
marking an exam to helping a student uh, and helping the class, then that's extremely important. And I, I don't think that's actually discussed enough. I agree. And so you took this exam and you used it in one particular class. Can you tell me a little bit what class you chose and, and why did you choose that particular class? I chose the third year class uh, in the department because, you know, there's a bit of a tension because at third year we are expecting a relatively sophisticated level of critique analysis and, and writing. Yet many students haven't had the opportunity to sit in smaller classes to have their work longer uh, pages and and you know bigger pieces of, of writing really evaluated and sometimes they have sometimes they haven't and so you know if you don't provide them the opportunities for that feedback for the engagement for uh, the discussion about their work we've misaligned what we can do with what we actually would like to achieve mm -hmm. And so I wanted to really free up, you know, time for the teaching staff to do that. And given that we have 65 students and with, with a 60, 65 student threshold, we have a teaching assistant. And so there's a little bit of leeway in that context in my particular department to say, all right, so how do I want to allocate this, right? And, and this time and these hours. And so that's why I chose that class. So, so that we could see how that worked collaboratively, um, how uh, students kind of adapted to that new testing methodology and approach, uh, but then also to, to see what it would do ultimately for the course as a whole in terms of that, that, that time allocation or redistribution. So that's, that's why I chose that class. And, and this, I mean, the, I've been doing this for some years now and um, Emily Jean started as my teaching assistant in that class and has been with me for years now in teaching that class, but then also has come on board in, in a very significant way in the study and leading um, how we study this. And so I've been uh, very honored uh, to have her to be part of this, to collaborate with me on this. So, so I thank her very much now for that. Um, and she'll talk a little bit in a moment about what we actually did. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and before we get to that, I just wanted to ask you to put it into context, what kind of exams usually existed in this, in this, in similar classes, because I think that this methodology can apply not just to university, but to high school, college, university, it can apply to a lot of different contexts and classes. It, no, absolutely. I think it could be it could be adapted for uh, for smaller classes, for high school, or other types of classes. Uh, I think it would depend on on the individual teacher in terms of you know the maturity level of their students, because it does involve some professionalism and some maturity in terms of the expectations for the way that students will discuss uh, and and behave during the exam uh, moment. So, so that certainly needs to be taken into consideration, but, but no, I, I think it can absolutely be adapted uh, to many different classrooms. And I would love to collaborate with others to see, you know, if they've used it to let me know how it went and, and, you know, every instructor will have their own approach, but it, with 65 or, or 100 or 150 students, you know, you have to just understand and make a decision as an instructor how you want to evaluate. And, 
you know, so some of my colleagues um, and others, you know, choose to give multiple choice exams as one of the pieces of evaluation. Um, others are using exam formats or short answers. Others are using short papers or slightly longer papers, but then weighted more, you know, so it really depends on the instructor. But for me, I, I think it's so important that we have, you know, longer papers at that level and then ample opportunity for discussion and debate. So before we jump in and see what exactly this testing methodology is like, what was the format of exams before you introduced this? In this particular classroom, what would the exam have looked like? <laughs> so I've never, I've never used uh, standard multiple choice exams or multiple choice with short answer. Uh, that, that's something that is often used, particularly in law departments across uh, North America. Um, why? Because they are easy to administer and they don't take a lot of um, a lot of instructor time in terms of the grading component. Obviously, it takes a long time to to formulate the questions. Um, and uh, so so I think that would have been a more standard approach. But again, it really depends on the instructors. So I think there are a lot of other instructors out there doing some great work with the resources they have. Uh, but I think, yeah, probably um, multiple choice is pretty standard. Right. Okay. And now this is going to be a completely new and different experience. So tell me, what does this testing experience look like? Right. Well, it's it's... When I first heard about it, I was really fascinated because I was so used to exactly as Dr. Adrian described, the standard multiple choice exam, isolated, alone, staring at the clock, making sure you have enough time. So when I heard about this, I was really excited and thought, wow, this would have been an amazing experience for me. Um, so the students were asked to contribute two or three questions uh, during the term. So they had to actually write a multiple choice question. Um, they had to you know, take from their, uh, the lecture course, they had to take from the textbooks. Um, they were given guidance on how to write a good or, or poor multiple choice question. They had to give actual plausible answers as the options and then justify why the answer was what it was. And they submitted these questions. Uh, they were um, graded on them. So it was sort of an in-class assignment. And uh, those questions were then assessed by the teaching staff and edited a bit for clarity and then used to actually make the test itself. So the mm -hmm. test that they then had to take would have been something that they themselves took part in writing. So that's the student generated aspect. Right. And what a great experience and a great learning opportunity to have to flip the way you're thinking about the subject you've learned, that you have to write the question for a test and also the different multiple choice answers, because that in itself, you know, they're not usually a well-written test. They're not random answers, the, the different multiple choice. There's one right one, but the others also have reasons why you should be choosing them. So it, 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 it creates a good opportunity for the students to reflect on what the material is. Is that what you found? Absolutely. And I think it also gives a great opportunity for students to understand what it takes to actually test them. You know, I think, yes. you know, they, they don't realize, I guess, how much work goes into it unless they get to the graduate level and they actually take part in grading and, and doing these things themselves. But I think it gives them a different appreciation of how it's done and, and them being able to take an exam and perhaps recognize the question that they themselves put forward. It kind of 
gives them a different perspective on on what learning can be like and how wow you know I actually I'm the one testing my colleagues here I asked that I put this question and I devised this question and now everybody in this exam right now is actually having to answer it and it's really fascinating fantastic that's definitely putting some ownership onto the student creating this exam and writing the justifications for it is an assignment in itself it is yes and they're given a grade for it as well right Okay, wonderful. So then they've created one question, acted as an assignment. What next? Well, when they go into the exam, they're they're told in advance that they're going to have a group element, that they're going to take the exam first individually on their own, like a standard multiple choice exam. Then they're going to assemble into groups at random, about groups of five, depending on the numbers. And they're going to take the exam again, but this time in a group and they're going to have to discuss the material, debate it, and use persuasion to reach a consensus on what the correct answer is. So in this case, there's even more responsibility placed onto the students to really convince their peers as to why the answer is B or why it's C. And it's one thing to go home and study and know that you know the answer, but to explain why that is the correct answer is a whole other sort of skill set that I think we're putting on the students at this point, which causes them to study in a different way in preparation for this exam. So they take the exam individually, take it again, the exact same exam again in a group. Oh, and sorry, they're giving the the answers are generated at the end. So when they answer a question in the group portion, the online system will give them the answer or they will tell them whether or not they got it right. If they got it incorrect, they will have another chance as a group to continue debating to discuss what the correct answer is. And eventually the online system will tell them what the answer was. So when they leave this exam, they actually know what the answers were. So they've taken the exam twice, talked about the material, sometimes confronted the same question maybe three or four times, depending if they didn't get it right on the first two or three times, and leave knowing what the correct answers were. So it's a really fascinating experience to leave the exam kind of knowing how you did right away, as opposed to running to your bag to check your notes to say, what did I get on this one? Did I get it right? Did I get this wrong? Right. Absolutely. So they've done the exam on their own. And and to be clear that this is, they're completing the exam online. It's a multiple choice exam, but it's online. So they're putting the, they have some kind of a device on which they're submitting their answer, correct? Exactly. And also, when they're doing the group exam, you said that if they get it wrong, uh, they get another chance to try it. But you don't actually get the same grade if you try it for the second or third time. No, exactly. To clarify, they would get 100% for the question if they got it right on the first try. If they get it wrong, they get a second chance at this time at 85%. Mm-hmm. So it kind of decreases, but they will still get something for it. Mm-hmm. But you can't group. just play randomly to choose random answers because they get penalized essentially I think that's a really important aspect of it Mm -hmm. and do you prepare them in any way for this group experience for the this collaboration I think they're they're broadly kind of told you know you're going to have to discuss as a group as a team you're going to have to work together and if you don't agree you're going to have to find a way to reach an agreement right that that I think is the bigger issue or the bigger challenge perhaps that students would face is that group dynamic. And if you have two strong voices, two people saying, no, it's A, no, it's B, then you have to try to win that argument 
as, as a student based on your knowledge of the material. So again, when they're going home to study, you're telling them, you know, you're going to have to perhaps be the person to convince everybody in the group why that's the right answer. And, and you know, it's, it's an important, it's not like it's insignificant. There is a grade attached to this. So it's, it's in the student's best interest to learn as much as they can so that they can actually convince and persuade everybody. Otherwise, if they're unable to do that and the answer is wrong, then, you know, they, they were unable to explain why the answer was correct. Just to add to that, I think if if we were to do this again, one of the pieces that that we would build into the course is a simulation. We haven't done a simulation before of what it would feel like for the students. And I think that would be really useful, actually, because this is a really innovative way of of testing. And so uh, we talked about it. We talked about the multiple choice questions and how they would take the exam and where and all of, you know, those dynamics. But I think to reduce anxiety even more, although we'll talk about this in a moment, I think we should actually simulate the exam uh, at some point during the semester to prepare students. Definitely. Absolutely. That adds a lot. And in terms of the collaboration, what do you think is added by the fact that the students are collaborating on this exam? What does that contribute to their learning, to their skills? Preparing them for the workforce is one of the obvious answers. And I think a lot of the literature I've, I've that we've, we've all been kind of coming across when trying to work with our results and see how it fits in the larger academic discussions is that a lot of industries are realizing that when people graduate and they come into the workforce that some of them might not be as prepared to work in a certain environment with certain people and i think if we continue the traditional lecture style isolated testing and and very little group work then it's it 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 doesn't help in a way so i think it it allows students to develop those skills that they will necessarily need one day when they enter the workforce. I can't think of a, of a job where you're just isolated and you never have to collaborate with people. I think that's a necessary part of life. And even the possibility that the people you work with, and, and again, in our, in, our, um, in our study, the students don't get to choose their group. It's, they're assigned into random groups. And I think that's the way it is in life. You don't know, you don't get to choose your, your workers unless you're the employer and you're employing people, of course. So I think you need to figure out a way to work with people. And I think in this case, it's really kind of putting them in that type of place where they are now able to see, well, how am I communicating my ideas? Am I persuasive? Um, this is also a law class. So some of these students who have aspirations to go to law school, these are skills they absolutely need. And if they don't, if they're unable to convince their peers on why the answer is A, you know, how are they going to be very successful at convincing a judge or a jury of something? So these are absolutely essential skills. And I think this collaborative testing can really help develop that for students. Wonderful. And that's one of the things that I love about this is that you're incorporating testing is not just what it usually is. Tell us your knowledge and we're going to tell you how much you know. Uh, it's truly a learning experience in so many ways. One being the fact that being able to be persuasive and communicate clearly and effectively is such an important part. Uh, and this is one uh, aspect where you can practice that and, and improve your skills. So that's, that's really fantastic. And one of the big things that comes up about collaborative uh, projects and tests is how you mark exams. So this is done electronically, so they put in the answer in a digital format. I assume that it's marked automatically. How is the exam marked? 
Yes, it's, it's automatically marked. Uh, during the individual portion, they don't receive any results. So it just goes in the system and the next question comes up and they don't know how they did. They don't know if they got it right or wrong. However, as mentioned before, in the group exam, they do see eventually what the correct answer is. And the grading for the exam, 85% of their grade is for their individual test. So there's still a high percentage of responsibility on the individual you know, being assessed, showing that they've done their, their homework, that they know the material so that they can achieve the grade. But the remaining 15% is based on the group grade. So that's the, the grade that they assemble as a team, which as we've seen is oftentimes much higher than individual marks, that more people working together, the outcome is significantly higher. And this actually, it benefits a lot of the students perhaps who may not perform as, as strongly on the individual portion, it gives them a small boost at the end. But from our, our results, we haven't seen any huge inflation of grades. It's not like we ended up with way too many A's and B's. It, it gave a very modest increase. And I think that could be very encouraging for students who maybe don't perform as well on tests. Whatever they didn't know on their individual test, they might have actually learned during the group sessions when someone is trying to convince them that this is the other, this is the answer and why they think is the right answer. So I'm sure that they walk away having known more, which is another wonderful aspect of this methodology is that you actually, you don't just learn to get into the exam, you actually learn during the exam and you can debate and hear other people's uh, reasons why they, why they think the right answer is the right answer. And to add to that, the other piece that I really appreciate about this, this approach is that it can, depending uh, on the circumstances, integrate students with accommodations. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we have students and a, a significant amount of students who need more time for, for exams. And if possible, what, uh, what we do is, you know, we have everyone take the test and the exam at the same time, but we don't have a time limit for the individual portion. So we just ask anyone who's finished to read a book <laughs> that has nothing to do with the course <laughs> to read a book and to relax while everyone finishes and and that allows us then to integrate those students who have you know accommodations that we can integrate in this scenario um, to be part of that that group testing scenario and oftentimes what what i've noticed uh, in the in the results now this hasn't been studied widely is that they're also their uh, their grades are are um, in, their grades are improved they're, so they do better with the team portion and so that for me is also a really important part of integrating students with accommodations mm. that you know we can we can do this and we can do this together we you don't have to go to another room to take the exam and you don't you know you don't have to have another type of testing experience and I think that's that's really important. You know, for anyone thinking about space in their classrooms or in their schools or universities, all of the questions and the answers can be randomized. So students can take the exam sitting next to one another and cheating basically, you know, can't happen uh, in that scenario, you know, from one student to the other. So that's a really significant factor, uh, certainly for anyone who's thinking about, you know, kind of the dynamics of space. And so as long as you have students who, you know, if you're in a very traditional, 
you know, lecture hall where everything's bolted to the floor, you can still do this as long as everything, everyone's all right with sitting on, you know, sitting on a desk somewhere and kind of creating groups that, that, that can work in this context. I think that's another big bonus of this kind of approach. Really good point. And something that technology is able to offer us, the fact that you can easily have the same questions, but in different order prevents anyone from being able to look over the shoulder of another student and, and copying question number three. That's fantastic because the technology actually takes away from that entire aspect of how do we test students if everyone's remote because how do we prevent them from looking up the answers in their books or talking to other students? In this case, actually, that is completely taken off the table because they will be talking to other students and you can put them into breakout rooms very, very easily. Have you, have you tried this in an online setting or how do you see it transferring? So it's a question that goes straight to my heart, Kinga, I have to tell you, because <laughs> I, I have really significant reservations about education moving online in a substantive way. Mm-hmm. Taking one course, another course online is one thing, but we're really now talking about, especially coming out of the pandemic, we've had now you know two or three years of students who are only online, right? And I think they've missed a really important part of mm-hmm. education, which the the psychological, the social and the professional, you know, factors. And so I, I'm, I'm very wary of saying, yes, take this online because I really think one of the foundational pieces of this approach and my own pedagogy personally, is that it's, it, it's an engaging, interactive in-person experience and that there is a dynamic in the way that this approach functions that supports understanding of the substantive material but also retention Mm -hmm. so while i do think that this could be done online i want to add that disclaimer in no absolutely i mean there's huge huge value in doing it in person definitely i think you raised a really important point that there's a lot that is learned in person and being able to collaborate in person. So it's important to really, um, to really balance that out. Tell me, when did you know that you had something really special here? Are there any stories or any events that happened where, where you thought, oh, we're onto something, this is, this is working? I think, I think for me, it was really when I first heard what the actual test was going to be like. And that's when I thought, wow, like, like I said, you know, this is something I've never experienced. And I can only imagine how, on the one hand, sure, how apprehensive I would have felt, you know, thinking, oh, no, other people are going to implicate my grade. I can't have that. But at the same time, I have control over what I know, and I can help explain to them what it is that I know and hopefully help their grade at the same time. So it's a very interesting idea and experience. I think one thing was really when I was assessing some of the results we had, because the students were asked to uh, do a little survey at the end and write some responses uh, to the experience. So we had an idea as to how they experienced it, whether they liked it, whether they disliked it, how they felt, how anxious they were. And I think just the results, which again, we don't want to overstate given it is just one study and our numbers aren't, aren't, um, aren't too high, 
but they're very, very encouraging. And I think that's really what it, it, it was, that you didn't have this overwhelming, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to work with people I don't know. Are you crazy? They're going to hurt my grade. We actually had quite the opposite, where the vast majority of students were indicating that they actually felt more at ease knowing there would be a team portion of the exam. So I think that's something that really hit me was going through the results and seeing, wow, you know, this is this has received a lot of positive feedback from the students themselves. So I think that that's really what kind of made me realize how important this could be. Why do you think that they felt more at ease? Why did they express that they they would feel more at ease to do this with others? I I would think that it's it's really the opportunity to be with others during an exam. I mean, like I said in the beginning, you're very isolated. You're you're on your own. You're second guessing yourself. You're going through the answers you've already you've already answered, and thinking, wait, could that be right? Could that be wrong? And in this case, you have that opportunity of almost a redo, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're you're able to go through the exam again, maybe get a question right that you got wrong on the individual portion, and it just it kind of gives you an opportunity, I think. And I, and I think deep down students know that working together will just result in perhaps a better outcome. Again, there's a lot of reluctance to do new things, right? When your grades are on the line, given the, the importance we attach to grades. Um, but I think deep down they see that, wow, I'm not gonna be alone, right? I'm gonna have people with me for some of this. And I think that could be one of the elements that made these students feel more at ease. I think for me, there were two moments that motivated me to keep doing this and, and then ultimately studying this. And the first one was just seeing how an exam could be. So when I looked while the team portion of the exam was happening, I looked around, you know, the students were taking it in the same classroom that they were in for the for the class. I looked at the different teams and they were vibrant they were debating they you know they all had charts that they could write on if they needed to they you know to explain things it was like it was like nothing i'd ever seen before in terms of a testing environment and that kind of lively debate and sometimes laughter and some, you know it's, it was just wonderful to see that this could be a testing environment in a law class at a university so that that just really motivated me. And then there was a student who came up to me after the she'd taken the exam. And she said, you know, Dr. Adrian, this is the most humane way I have ever been evaluated. And I was really struck by that. She used the word humane. And I think that was that really struck me and stayed with me. Because most of our students throughout much of their university career and time, attend, you know, these large exam halls where, you know, there's a lot of anxiety going in, there's worry, there, all of that. And I thought, wow, we can't undo all of that, but this is one way, this is one approach where perhaps we can make a dent in that kind of experience. That's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like there was a real buzz in the class. Obviously, students, it's really resonating with them. I mean, to say that it's a humane way. That's that's a really strong language to use. We know that exam anxiety and the environment in which examination happens, of course, that kind of stress affects people very differently. So that's a that's a phenomenal experience that you've had to see how the students reacted and how they how they worked in this in this situation. 
you spoke a little bit about the fact that it's because they're together in a group, it takes away from that anxiety. What else do you think is impacting them not being as anxious as they would have normally been in a testing scenario? I think that one thing is is really the fact that they they get to take the test multiple times, right? Or twice, but they confront an answer or a question and possible answers on multiple occasions. So they really leave the exam knowing how they did. And, and I know that going through the, some of the reactions that the students had to this process, one student even said, and I'll paraphrase here, that typically they, they're constantly checking and refreshing the online system to see what their grades are. Has the grade been uploaded? They're stressing about it for days and even weeks, depending how long it takes for, for the results to come up. And in this case, that student said, you know, it was a very peaceful couple of weeks because I knew once it was over, what what I got. And they know that as well going into the exam that they're going to know how they did. And I think just that knowledge, knowing that even if you don't do as well as you'd hoped, you at least know you're not at home wondering, you're not doing quick math and students are smart. They're, you know, they leave an exam, they start doing quick math, like, okay, I got this one right, this one right. I think I got four wrong. What's that going to be? And they start judging what their grade's going to be and how that's going to affect the overall average. And so I think that in and, of, in and of itself reduces a lot of anxiety that students have post-exam in this case. That's wonderful. That's really great. You said that this testing really enables long-term understanding of the subject. So it really enhances the long-term understanding. What do you think helps students to understand the subject more deeply after this exam? Part of the success, I think, of this exam um, approach is that students have to work with the material again and again. So there's a lot of repetition built in. So first they read the material, then they have to write exam questions about the material and give answers that are wrong, but qualify what's right and what's wrong. And that in itself is a learning process. Then they receive feedback on that. And we talk about that, why it's right, why it's wrong and et cetera, et cetera. And we can see, you know, for an instructor, it's really helpful because I can see if there's a question that everyone got wrong, then obviously I've done something wrong, right? So we have to go back and just review that. And so it's a great way of getting feedback in terms of, you know, what's been uh, covered in the class. And then they go, they study for their exam and often they study in groups, not always. And then they take the exam individually and then they take the exam in this kind of collaborative environment. And so we haven't tested the actual retention. I'd love to test this to see if this method is effective in this way. So we only know this anecdotally. We only know this from students who have come back and told us or students who have had you know, comments on this during the time or after the exam. So we think there might be more you know, retention of information and, and so on, but this is something that needs to be tested more widely because we can't make general you know, conclusions on that. Yeah, I'll just add that that I know a few of the students noted or answered in the question that they they feel like they learned more and will retain more from taking the exam this way. And a few of them did comment saying that they they doubt they'll ever forget the information. So I mean, that only a, a little while after the exam, but they felt confident in the experience to be able to say, yeah, I know this stuff and I'm going to remember this for a very, very long time, or I'm never going to forget it, I think is even one quote exactly. 
Wonderful. That is, that is really, really important. Knowing how this process works. And even though you said you haven't tested it specifically, but linking it to other learning literature and education literature, it has all the elements of an experience that truly does enhance learning. You're learning from different, the, the same material from different angles. You're reflecting on it. You're repeating it. I'm absolutely positive that they, they retain it uh, much better. So that's a fantastic fantastic experience. So are there any challenges in providing this form of exams, both for the educator and the institution or the students? What, what are the challenges that are presented? Depending on the institution, there can be challenges. This requires that every student have a device. And I think we have pretty universal norm in, in North America, at least, that you know every student have access to a device uh, in the classroom. That may not be the case everywhere, so that that would be that would be a challenge because that's what this depends on. But more importantly, I think what I would like to study is the the impacts of of gender, race, class, you know, religious minorities, people who who are struggling with a voice at times. Uh, what I'd like to do is study how they perform in this kind of environment to see if their voice is amplified or not during the group component of this kind of exam. Mm -hmm. And so I think we want to be really thoughtful about that because if we do, you know, if we're creating new methodologies, but they're further inscribing discriminations against certain sectors in our society and certain people, more importantly, in our society, then we have to rethink it completely. It's a very important aspect to consider as well. Absolutely. What other challenges do you think are presented? Because institutions in general are kind of apprehensive uh, about group exams and these types of different ways of testing. Usually there's very prescribed ways of testing students, especially in higher education. Is there any way you think this can change people's mind? I'm not sure how to answer that question, to be honest. I mean, I think the use of technology in the classroom is increasing. And I think that's both good and bad, right? It has its pros and cons. I mean, in that sense, you know, because it depends on technology, that that would be a factor to consider. But I'm not sure that there would there would or should be an objection by an institution. I mean, ultimately, I think it depends on, frankly, it depends on the instructor. They have academic freedom to decide how they want to test and what they think is best. So they're, they're really shouldn't be any kind of big debate about that. Yeah, I would just add that I think the the bigger issue perhaps would be if there were to be these types of innovations that would maybe cause an inflation of grades, because that is something that is really noted by administration is how, what is the, the curve of grades, right? You don't want too many A's, you don't want too many F's. That's an issue that depending how it's implemented, depending how it's graded, depending how they DV up the grade for the individual and the group portion, if there is an, an, an inflation of grades, that could present a problem. But again, it, it, that has to be factored into the design of the course and the design of the exam to make sure that, okay, generally everybody gets maybe a, a little boost here and there, but it's not enough to cause any drastic disruption in the, the neat grading curve that, that the administrators like to see. That is also a really important point. And also, I mean, the little boost also very likely comes from the fact that they are learning something from that group, group dynamic and group uh, activity. So that's something to consider as well. So what might some of the limitations, if someone's looking to implement this in their own classroom, what 
I would imagine it would apply very well to, as we discussed, high school or secondary institution. What might some of the limitations be on the type of classroom this can be used in? I think it depends perhaps on the subject matter. That's one thing. I mean, I think interdisciplinary, the course we did was very interdisciplinary. So it sort of shows it can cross different disciplines. But, you know, if you're in a in a college setting where it's a trade, would that be feasible? Is that necessarily something that could happen? I think at the younger, the younger grades, it could be very beneficial. One challenge would just be, I think as Dr. Adrian mentioned before, is, is the maturity level of the students to collaborate and to be respectful of one another. I think university is really where older, they're able to perhaps be more rational in a discussion, but maybe at the younger, younger age groups, depending how the group dynamic goes. And, and again, high school and, and whatnot, you have your friends and you have people you don't, you're not friends with and putting them all together could cause a bit of a disruption and might not be as productive an exam in that regard. So that would be something maybe that a, an instructor would have to consider is really who, who are they teaching? Who is, who's going to be evaluated? And would this be beneficial to them? And you wouldn't want to impose that type of exam if you felt that it would cause some kind of social problem and very little learning. So that, that's one limitation I would suggest. Very good point. And so share some of the tips that you would have for an educator that would like to take this and implement it in their classroom. As you just said, think about the type of students, their maturity level, the subject. What other tips would you have in how to implement this uh, successfully? I think one thing would be to really take the time in the beginning, right? It it takes a lot of work to, you know, just have the students writing the exam questions, rating them. There's a lot of work to do before, right? And you do end up making that up at the end when you have virtually no grading work because it's all done online. But I think that would be take care on how much work there could be at the front end on preparing the course, on preparing the students. And again, you're, you wanna make sure that it's a, it's a beneficial experience for the students, that they're not being thrown in to write questions that they've never had to write before and they're not getting good feedback. So you wanna make sure you have the resources in place to really give that feedback for the exam questions that they have to write and prepare them for the exam adequately. Um, and then you have a more free after the, your, your time is more free at the end of the exam. And that, that's something to look forward to. But always be prepared in the beginning that it will be a little more work and thought going into it than a traditional course. But of course, the educator also isn't the one that has to then sit down and write an exam. That preparation is also part of another assignment. So part of the course is an assignment that is writing the questions and then, but as you said, preparing the students for what this experience is, what are the expectations, how to, how to um, behave and interact in this experience. It's an important foundation, isn't it? And just to add to that, the, the questions, the, it is up to the instructor to edit and sort some of the questions. So, so that it covers the, the expanse of the course to ensure that the questions are as, legible, understandable as possible, etc. So so that takes a bit of work. And I would also suggest that that instructors simulate the testing environment before they do it. I that's something I really would do in the future with with my students. Those are really, really great tips. And so how do you plan to develop this further into future courses? What what changes, what future developments do you have? I mean you just said uh, you will incorporate simulation, which is which is a really good thing. 
Yeah, I would incorporate simulation. I would, um, I would see, actually, I would love to study this more. Uh, I do think it has a lot of potential. And so I would think about some of the kind of micro decisions in, in how we do this. For example, you know, should it be worth 15% of their total final mark? Should it be worth more or less? Should we give a grade for either right or wrong? So it's 100% either right or, you know, 75%, 50%, depending on how many times they need to. So the proportions of how much each yeah, guy is worth. All of that, I think, would be worth looking at. And then more generally, we really have to take a look to make sure that this form of testing isn't reinscribing problems. So we want this to be a solution to something. That That's something that I would think about and address the next time that I, I or we use that. Yeah, and I would just add that I think sort of that idea of, of what's going on in the group, what's the dynamic like? Um, are people who are perhaps more shy or feel more isolated or on the margins, are they speaking up as much? Are, are women speaking up as, as much as men? These are all uh, things that we need to consider. I think the potential is there, however, and, and from some of the results we've seen, some of the students did admit to feeling a little more confident, to coming out of their shell a little, that they had the, again, the onus was on them to make sure that they convinced their peers what the answer was. And, and they, they get penalized by not getting a good grade if they don't do that. So it kind of encourages them to speak up perhaps. So it could be a great experience for some students that might not normally speak up in a group dynamic uh, to do that. But of course, we always want to make sure that, that that is the encouraging factor. And it's not, as Professor Adrian says, causing anyone to be more marginalized because that would be a, a really devastating effect of this type of exam. It's such a fantastic strategy and fantastic methodology and with so many benefits and so much more that, as you explained, there's so much more to do and to, to study about it and, and to develop it further. Um, so that's very, very exciting. And I really enjoyed discussing it with you. But for anyone who's interested in learning more about it and also in applying it in their own classroom, how can they reach out and get in touch? Well, definitely reach out to us via email. I think you'll have all that information on the website. I would love to hear from anyone who is applying this, who's using this methodology at any stage of the educational pathway. Please let us know because we, we would love to see how this is being used, transformed, critiqued, right? So please uh, be in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. And in the show notes, of course, there will be your email and website and contact information. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch. So hopefully people do. And as the new school year starts up again shortly, this is definitely something that would be a wonderful thing to see and hear how, how people have applied. So thank you so much to both of you for joining me and to sharing your insights and this wonderful new way of testing. It was a pleasure to have you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. <laughs>